At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. This week we have an interview with the very talented Gina Vasquez, who is a fine art and conceptual photographer based in New York City. Gina has already accomplished so many things in her life and... She has a lot to say, and I hope you learned something from her in this interview. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am very excited to introduce you to Gina Vasquez, who is a very, very good photographer, friend of mine, and somebody that I've been following for the longest time. I can't even remember when exactly I discovered her work, but I do remember the moment. And it was on Flickr when she had commented in one of my pictures, and I was really curious about this new person on Flickr and I checked her out and was really astounded by her work. She takes the most beautiful conceptual pictures and oftentimes she photographs herself and I'm just constantly amazed by the way she approaches her art in such a elegant and imaginative way and I, I'm very happy that she's in this interview. Hi Gina. Hi Tanya, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Please feel free to introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Gina Vasquez. I am a fine art portrait photographer from New York City. And also, I know Taya had asked me to mention my equipment. So what I primarily use is a Nikon D600 as well as a D610. My favorite lens, which is um, 50 millimeter 1.8, and also as well a 35 millimeter f2. A tripod, camera remote, and also a reflector. That's awesome. Yeah, I also love the 50 millimeter 1.8. It's definitely one of my favorite lenses, and it's awesome that it's so affordable, right? Yes, and you could do almost anything with it. It's always oh, it's, my go-to. Oh, it's such a dream come true. I think for many people, they worry about investing in the right kinds of lenses, and then you just go and tell them that one of the best ones costs like around a hundred dollars and it's yeah <laughs> yeah compared to other lenses that's super cheap because yeah you know 35 millimeter 1.4 costs over uh, a thousand one thousand five hundred dollars if it's used so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so it's a big difference so it's cool it's cool that you have that 
equipment. So you studied photography and art history. Are you currently studying art history? I am. I'm actually almost finished with my art history master's degree. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm almost, I'm like in the middle of my thesis, but it's a bit on hold during this pandemic. Okay. Uh, what drew you to photography and art in general? Um, I feel like I was drawn to photography for the self-expression of it. When I first saw like a conceptual photograph, I was just really amazed, like how much could be conveyed through a single still image. And that's what really drew me in. Um, And I wanted to do that myself. Like I wanted to make these expressive photographs and use it to express how I was feeling. Um, In that same way, I ended up being drawn to art history just because I realized you can view history through the lens of other people's self-expression and realizing that, you know, I know sometimes people are like, oh, it's just art, but art is very important to history. Like what makes it so important? Why is that the medium that people go to to spread personal or political or religious ideas? And it comes back to that whole idea of that art can say things that words can't. And I feel like that's what still keeps me so drawn in to both photography and art history. That's a really wonderful answer. And I think you're right regarding art history. And it's beautiful to imagine that what we are creating right now will someday be a part of history in the future and it will matter to people as well and they'll they might also analyze our work and see what life was like back then yeah exactly so you are also a musical person from what i know you play many instruments and you like to incorporate musical ideas into your photographs which i think is really cool can you talk about what that process is like sure i like to Well, sometimes I just like to incorporate instruments and the idea of music. Just It's something that I love and it's been in my life for a long time. But often I'm inspired by the way certain songs or pieces make me feel or just like that general mood overall of music. And what I like to do in my photography is take that audible experience and then translate it into a visual experience. So kind of like, Like, I know what it sounds like, what would it look like to me? And how can I make others feel what I felt when I was listening to it in a visual way? So I think it's a lot of like really trying to nail down a specific mood. That's really interesting. I love that approach. I guess it's not exactly like synesthesia, but it sounds like it where parts of your senses are sort of merged and, you know, how some people feel colors or hear colors yeah, no, I never thought of that, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sounds like that. It's, that's awesome. There's this um, famous photographer. His name is Jaime Ibarra, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He's a portrait photographer, and his color grading if techniques are incredible. I was always very amazed by the way he edits. And then I found out that he has a form of synesthesia where he basically, if I'm not mistaken, he hears colors. So that's how he expresses himself. So it does sound like you have something not exactly the same, but similar. And I love that you can link your love for music and your love for photography in that way. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's all related, all a form of art, you know? Yes, exactly. And you are clearly a highly creative person. But I'm sure that even you have times when you're uninspired, because we all have moments like that. How do you get over creative block? Um, I used to get so stressed out about it and just force myself to create anyway. And I mean, that it does work, <laughs> it does, but it's not, not a very nice atmosphere for creating. Mm-hmm. 
nowadays, I feel like I've really relaxed with it. I do have a creative block. I'll let myself just have that space. I'm like, all right, Gina, you don't have to make a photograph right now. Like, I'll go do other things. I'll read a book. I'll play some music. Maybe I'll just try to relax, you know? And I find that when I do relax and I am just like taking in more of the world around me, the ideas do return. And so lately, that's how I've been getting over my creative block. That's nice. I really like that. I think as photographers, we often feel obliged to constantly be creative and constantly be inspired. But I don't really think that's the case. You're allowed to have days or even months when you don't feel like creating at all. And that's totally fine. Yeah, I agree. I think science, like as a photographer, it's like you feel so much pressure to maybe have to be putting things out that are, you know, better than the last photo you made or just to always be creating and sometimes when you step back, I think you realize the only pressure that is, is you putting it on yourself. And that if you maybe ease up, it just makes the whole process so much easier. Absolutely. I agree with you. It helps a lot also to just take random snapshots. Just yesterday, <laughs> I, I picked up my camera and I usually use my smartphone camera to take random photos, but I just decided to pick up my camera, my DSLR just take random pictures of my cat in the dark and it was indoor photography and nighttime photography and you know it was it wasn't the best photo shoot ever but i had a lot of fun so i think the most important thing is for you to of course uh, be able to express yourself but also enjoy the process it doesn't have to be forced all the time yeah so speaking of creativity how do you balance that with your business uh, how do you stay true to your vision while you create work for other organizations um, I found actually that doesn't end up being too much of a problem. Um, I find that if I, you know, seek out certain clients or if certain clients write to me, it's because they do like that vision that I have. So often if I am creating something or doing a commission or like say it's a book cover, it works out because like they like that creative kind of photography that I do. So Usually it's just learning to channel it in another way, you know, like maybe someone else has the idea and I'm creating it. But I'm really thankful that everyone that I've worked with, you know, really wants me to stay true to that vision that I have. So that hasn't been an issue. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because as you said, they already know what your vision is like, so they know what to expect and that makes it easier for you. I recently saw actually that you were on the cover of a of an album. With yeah. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> so awesome. It's one of my favorite photos of yours, actually. The photo, a self-portrait, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, it is. With lots of birds. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my absolute favorite um, shots, too, and photo shoots, because what you see there is exactly how it was. Um, really? An image that I edited the least. Wow. Um, I was on a rooftop in Brooklyn with a thousand homing pigeons <laughs> and I would lift my arms and they would go up in the air. It was an absolutely magical experience. Oh my goodness. I thought it was photoshopped or I thought a part of it was. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> wow. I am very impressed. That's even more impressive. Wow. <laughs> Moments like that are truly magical, as you said, and quite unforgettable. Yeah, that is. Um, speaking of success in general, you've been interviewed by My Modern Met, um, you've been featured in countless exhibitions, you've collaborated with UN Women, and a lot more, and I see how much you've 
progressed as a photographer, and I'm so proud of that. And it's just such a joy to see. But what do you consider your biggest creative accomplishment? First of all, thank you so much. <laughs> That's super sweet. Um, you did mention the UN Women collaboration that I did back in 2017. And I, I consider that to be my biggest or most important creative accomplishment. It was a series of images on domestic violence, specifically violence and abuse towards women that I created to bring awareness. And I just feel like, you know, today's society and throughout history, you know, that's, it's been such a pressing issue that often doesn't get enough attention. And there are so many people out there that don't get enough help. And as women too, it's really important. And so I was really glad to have that voice. And I really, I wanted to get my feelings across about it. I wanted people to really understand, you know, like, what does it feel like? You know, something like that. And I think that goes back again to what we were talking about in the beginning, how, you know, art can say things that words can't. And so I feel like using art to speak about these topics maybe makes people understand in a way that words can't. Um, and it sparked a lot of really good conversations um, with different people from around the world. And I'm just really glad that I had that opportunity. I would love to use my art to speak to some more social justice issues um, at some other point, um, although that's something definitely not easy art to create, you know, have to be really intentional and think about it. So it was an accomplishment, I think, not only technically and creatively, but also in terms of I feel that it's just a very important topic to bring awareness to. Yes, I agree with you. And the photos that you made for that specific theme were very empathetic and respectful and also creative and inspiring at the same time. So you definitely found the perfect balance. And I am sure that you'll have more projects like that in the future that will help people look at this topic from a different perspective. Thank you. So we've all been frustrated beginners. <laughs> I know for sure that I have been. I remember... Same here. <laughs> yeah, I remember being like 12, 13, 14, even now. <laughs> and having this idea in mind, this vision that I wanted to create. I remember specifically uh, in Cyprus, I came home from the beach. And I was so deeply inspired by this photographer whose work I was obsessed with at the time and I wanted to recreate a portrait in her style I was still learning about you know originality and I wanted to I wanted to look like her essentially back then and I came home and I was so determined and the photos did not turn out the way I wanted them to and I was I was so upset as a, as a teenager I was really young of course and I was just like no I'm not taking pictures anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that happened so what are three things every beginner should know when something like that happens or when they feel frustrated Oh, gosh, I think it's important to know that, like, you will be frustrated in the beginning. And that is totally normal. That's part of the process. Yeah. Um, gosh, I remember, too, back before, like, I knew Photoshop. I was just getting used to my camera. And I had, like, taken a picture of, like, these boats. And I didn't even have Photoshop yet. I had the GIMP. Do you remember that? The Freebird? Yeah. And I put this photo up on GIMP and I just couldn't figure the darn thing out. All I did was flip the image back and forth and back and forth. And I was so frustrated. It was like, I'm never going to be able to do any of this. <laughs> I can't even like work this simple, you know, program on the internet. But yeah, so I think number one would be frustration is normal. And if you push through that, 
you will definitely get where you want to go. I think number two is that it's really important to experiment. Like I think, you know, you could watch a ton of videos and like learn in that way. And that is definitely super helpful. But there's nothing like figuring it out for yourself, Um, like going out and, you know, maybe not quite a 365 project, but just take a picture of something at least every day. Um, Try to use your settings in a different way, you know, put it on manual and really learn how that works so that in the future you'll be really comfortable with, you know, manipulating those camera settings or with Photoshop, just sit down and play around with it. And, you know, like that's how I learned and it was it was so helpful. And that's something you don't necessarily get, I think, from watching a lot of tutorials is that like that comfort and that feel that you eventually build up. And the third, I would say, hmm, I'd say don't be afraid to be yourself and photograph what you want or photograph the way that you want. I think as beginners, we're all kind of obsessed with making our photographs look like the persons that we admire, you know? Yeah. And like, it's okay if you develop a different style or maybe someone thinks your images are weird, but maybe, you know, maybe that's the way you want to make art and any way that you want to make art is entirely valid. Absolutely. Yeah, those are really great points, especially the third one. I also have a story about that. <laughs> I, uh, when I first started out, there was this one photographer who was really kind to me and she was already very well known at the time. And she was kind enough to mentor me in a way. We would talk every day and she would help me out because I knew nothing about photography. Absolutely nothing. I had a two megapixel smartphone camera. That's how <laughs> like. <it> <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that's an incredible camera, two megapixels. <laughs> Didn't even know what megapixels were. But she um, mentored me and there were times when I was frustrated and I would tell her that I wanted my photos to look like uh, hers or somebody else's and something that she said to me that really influenced me and really changed the way I looked at photography was just to take the best from every photographer that you admire, but don't try to be like them because you have your own individuality. So just learn from the best or, you know, take what you think is valuable from each photographer, but never feel like you have to be them because you are yourself and you have a lot to offer. That's such great advice. Yeah, yeah, it's really invaluable. So the points that you shared, I think, will help a lot of beginners and even professionals because we have to be reminded to experiment even now because we stick to a specific genre, even very experienced photographers. You know, um, I have portrait photography, other people have a landscape or a macro, whatever it is. You can't get used to that routine and forget to try new things. It's true. You need to, like, go back to the beginning, no matter what level you're at sometimes. (laughs) Just to reconnect with, you know, why you love photography. Yes, exactly. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. 
If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. So, uh, do you have any absolute favorite photographers at the moment, and why are they your favorites? Ooh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorites um, is Tim Walker. Mm-hmm. I love his conceptual work just for the fact that I get absolutely lost in the fantasy world that he creates. Mm-hmm. Um, another would be Brooke Shaden. Mm-hmm. I not only love her work, but I'm so just inspired by her passion for creating. I find myself turning to her blog and her videos when I feel like I'm running out of steam or I just need that extra boost or need to be reminded, like, you know, like why I do this or why I love it. She just... She just radiates such passion and she just is always creating. She's definitely an inspiration. And then I would say Gregory Crudson. Um, I remember seeing his Cathedral of the Pines exhibition some years ago and just spending the entire time as physically close to the images as I could get. Um, just really in awe of all of the detail, you know, like everything in his works, like means something or there's like some sort of detail that he adds in there that's in there for you to notice and the way he lights his image it's so meticulous so he really inspires me to make every detail that I have count um, or to make every detail in my image work towards getting my idea across those are all really great photographers especially Tim Walker he is just mind-blowingly good I can't I know right (laughs) and to everybody listening Tim Walker he often takes photos for Vogue and he has shot many meaningful projects and oftentimes his photo shoots, they're already as they are. So he does still use manipulation, digital manipulation, but I think a lot of his photo shoots are just, you know, actual props that he made and real life objects. So yeah. he makes his fantasy world real and he shoots within them, which I think is just very admirable and very unusual. Yeah, I'd love to be a fly on the wall on one of his photo shoots. <laughs> yes, just or even an assistant, just to like hold his <laughs> camera. <laughs> Please, master, <laughs> teach me everything. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so conceptual photography is very fulfilling and it's challenging at the same time. As we've discussed, a photo can take a lot of your energy and it can take weeks to create, if not months. What advice would you give to someone who wants to make their conceptual photos come to life in a fruitful way? That's a really great question. Um, Definitely all true. I also, I found like, you know, the longer I do photography, the more I want, you know, more complicated setups and more difficult edits. And I want to, you know, say things in a different way that I haven't before. Um, And sometimes, yeah, it takes a lot of planning um, and a lot of editing Um, And so I would say, you know, make sure that, you know, that you have some sort of connection to your image or what you're trying to portray. I think sometimes if you're making a conceptual image just for the sake of it being conceptual, you know, um, it could be hard to really maybe put that time in and put the work in if it doesn't actually really mean something to you. Um, And so when... I create and I really want it to make, you know, make it fulfilling and make it fruitful and make sure that it's something that I really want to express, that it's important to me, that I have some sort of emotional connection to it. 
Um, and I think that really, that fuels, you know, the editing and the shooting process. And that's what makes it fulfilling because you, you have this idea or you have this vision that you really want to put out there. Yeah. Okay. I've never thought of it that way. That's a really good approach. I really like that because sometimes, as you said, people want to be conceptual for the sake of it. I know that I can really relate to that where I just want an image to be full of detail, but if you just put it out there in that way, it's not really going to have a lot of meaning maybe. So yeah, I think it's important to, uh, to everybody listening, just to remember if you are interested in conceptual photography and want to create something that is meaningful to you, then definitely make a list of themes that mean something to you that really strike your passion and make you want to go out there and speak and, you know, share the word with other people. Yeah. And I think even like in today's day and age with social media, I think it's very easy to get caught up in posting like, you know, what would get me more like, you know, what does everyone want to see? And so I always try to ask the question, like, is this going to be meaningful to me? Like, why do I personally feel the need to make this image? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another great point to make because today, I mean, back then and during the Flickr days, I discussed this with another photographer in another interview, back when Flickr was a thing, right? When it was really just thriving. Yeah. Social media wasn't uh, wasn't blowing up that much. Of course, it was there, but it wasn't really taking too much of people's attention. Exactly. So people, yeah, so people took more time to uh, create meaningful arts. I'm not saying that social media is a terrible place. Of course, it's not, <laughs> but it does come with its own challenges. So the presence of social media nowadays comes with this uh, pressure maybe to get more likes or get more, more followers or grow your business or be successful no matter what you create. And that makes people feel pressured in a meaningless way. So yeah, just remember to stay true to yourself no matter what, even if your photos do not get the amount of likes that maybe you would have wanted. Yeah. So how do you how do you work against that when your mind does start to make you feel like you have to create something for the sake of Instagram or Flickr or wherever you feel like posting and want to, you know, stay true to yourself. How do you overcome that fear of not getting enough recognition? Um, well, I think um, for me, especially because my initial like love of photography and drive to be a photographer is based on self-expression. I think like if I really start creating and that's not there, I just, I don't have the interest. Mm-hmm. And so if I do start to make something, I have to be like, okay, like, well, what about this, you know, can be meaningful. Maybe I should put this away until, you know, I work out a connection to it, or maybe I should just scrap it all together, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think trying to always get back and remind myself, like, why I do photography mm -hmm. um, usually puts me back in the mindset of, like, how I should be creating Okay, yeah, it's good. I think also to anyone listening who wants extra ideas, just uh, get a journal and write down a list of reasons you love photography and why you started in the first place and like what sparked your interest. And whenever you feel like you're starting to worry too much about likes or you're maybe feeling like a failure, just refer to that list and uh, always have it near you so that you can always have this reminder of why you truly love photography. Okay, so your editing skills are completely out of this world. My favorite photo in your gallery at the moment is a self-portrait on the beach, and you're holding a balloon that's floating, and in the balloon there's a fish that's swimming, and it looks incredibly realistic, which is just, yeah, 
very Tim Walker. <laughs> so how long does it take you to bring your surreal ideas to life, especially during the editing process? Um, it, it does depend. I, I'm no Tim Walker at all, but <laughs> I also do try to make everything as like real in real life as I can. And so um, like I did have a fish there and I did have a balloon. And I think, you know, I really try to think about before I shoot, like I'll have this idea, but then I'm like, all right, like, hold up for a second. How am I going to make this happen? And a lot of times I don't really know because like when I did the fish in the balloon, I had an idea of how it seemed like it should work out. Um, but I had never had the need to do anything like that before. So a lot of it is experimenting, which also adds some time to the editing process. I find that usually photo shoots last me anywhere from like 30 minutes to a few hours. Sometimes I have things so planned that I go in, take like three shots, <laughs> one shot of something else and I'm done, you know. Um, but often it, it requires more time. And then for editing, usually for a conceptual shot, I'd say probably six to 12 hours. Yeah, I'm also or just a really detail-oriented person. So I edit at like 400%, you know, and <laughs> I make sure all the pixels are in place and I end up having a ton of layers in Photoshop. Yeah, so it's also important to, to me to be really exact on that. Wow, but, that, really, yeah. you know, that really shows in your pictures, but I, I'm very different. I'm not detail-oriented. I'm more just like a general kind of... If I see my pictures as I'm editing them and something looks off in general, then I'll probably try to find the mistake. But yeah, I, I yeah, I'm definitely not at 400%. <laughs> just like a, I'm kind of a zoom out kind of person just to see the general picture. So it's interesting yeah. to see different styles and different photographers approaching their works in uh, unique ways. It's cool. Yeah. That it's a very meticulous process for you. But as I said, it shows in your work. That's for sure. Thank you. Uh, so you live in New York City, and I know that's a very, very busy place with lots of people and lots of beautiful locations and parks and, you know, cityscapes. What is it like living there, and how does it affect your your pictures? Um, well, I I love being here. Um, it's, it's a wonderful city, truly. Um, I think it it's affected my photographs a lot because I think I always want to make it look like you know, it's something more surreal. Like, I don't want to look like I'm in the middle of New York City, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I tend to gravitate, like, towards our public parks or towards the beach. And I think actually too often you probably wouldn't ever notice that I was in New York based on my images. Um, just because i usually looking for, like, a non-distracting background or, you know, I'll go into the darker part of, like, the woods in the park to give kind of like a creepy feeling. So yeah, while I love living in New York, I try to make my photos look like I'm not in New York. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It's also, yeah, it's also been great as far as meeting fellow photographers. There are a lot of us that are based here and a lot of people come through and visit. You know, we've had some great photographer meetups where we all go out and we're all in Central Park modeling for each other and shooting. So it's definitely, definitely a good thing. Yeah, I've seen many photos of uh, you with other photographers that I'm familiar with, you know, just general New York City thicker meetups. And it's always nice to see people who know what they're doing coming together and sharing their styles with each other and photographing other photographers in their style. It's kind of surreal to see, actually. 
Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that. I feel like, you know, getting together with other like-minded people really helps you to grow in your process. And also, you know, if you tell them to do something wacky because you have a crazy idea, like they're not going to think you're strange for it. <laughs> They'll be like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the difference between just working with a stranger who maybe is not a photographer and an actual photographer who wouldn't mind modeling for you. They're more open to uh, strange ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So um, I'm trying to keep listeners, not keep listeners, more like make listeners feel like they are no matter who they are or where they are in the world, that they have an opportunity to connect with other photographers and learn from them. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on building a community, whether it's offline or online in the photography world, because you said that you have a lot of friends based in New York City and you have often met other photographers. So do you have any advice for people who want to start a community of their own or just make friends or, and don't know how to do that? Yeah, that's, that's great. I really think that is so important. I feel like today we have so many ways to have communities, you know, even seeing now as some of us are still on lockdown and there's still such a sense of community. I think Facebook has a lot of groups. There are meetup websites. Um, although Flickr isn't as popular as it used to be, photography is still, whether you're professional or not, it's still a thing that a lot of people love. And so, you know, like when I started photography, I was super shy and kind of having that camera as a buffer mm -hmm. um, was almost like an easier way to make friends for me or something that, you know, that you could talk about with another person, you know, and you don't have to worry about getting over the shyness too much because, oh, I could say something about photography, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think between social media, online groups, um, like I know there are like, you know, certain photo websites where you can, you know, post images or take part in like themed photo contests. That's all a way to get to know people. If you, you know, if you're online and you start commenting on people's works, sometimes they comment back and sometimes then you get to know them. Yeah, yeah. Just be open and uh, be open to meeting new people and try different platforms because something that might work for you might not work for others and just uh, be open to it and don't give up because as you said there are so many people who love photography you're bound to meet somebody with very similar interests to yours within this world yeah even just taking a walk at the local park you never know you never know who will approach you within a camera hopefully not yeah. a person <laughs> um so my last question for you is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world that's a great question. Um, it's one that I think I also keep coming back to. And I ask myself, like, well, what's my goal? Like, what do I want out of this? Am I necessarily working towards one specific thing? And I think I've realized that I'm not quite working towards a specific achievement. I would like just to keep going and keep growing, not only in maybe the kind of concepts that I can portray with my photos, but also my skills and also like in my own, you know, personal life as a photographer that maybe doesn't come across in my actual images. Like maybe I can experiment with something new, you know, things like that. I think my goal really is to just keep growing, keep learning, keep staying true to myself and seeing where this all takes me. Photography's already taken me on an incredible journey that has changed my life and brought so many 
experiences and people into it. And I think I really want to just keep riding that wave and I'll see what happens. That's a very good general photography goal to have. And I'm sure you're going to go very, very far in life because you've already achieved so much. I mean, there's just so much more. I feel like you've only scratched the surface with your work. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Gina, thank you very much for taking the time to be interviewed. I really appreciate you and I look forward to seeing your pictures in the future. And I am so glad that the listeners got to find out more about you. I really hope that they take the time to check out all your links to your photos and uh, support you and see what you have in store for them creatively. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. I'm really inspired and amazed by Gina's ability to combine different art forms. So I was really happy that we got to have this conversation and that I got to learn a lot from her. I hope that you learned a bunch of new things yourself. I hope you're inspired to maybe give conceptual or fine art photography a try. Come up with a theme that you really care about and go out and take pictures and see how it works and just make sure that it's a fulfilling process for you first and foremost. And please feel free to share your results with us. You can send me an email or join our private Facebook group where we constantly update our members with news and giveaways and a lot of fun stuff. I look forward to seeing you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.